This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with Frank Santopadre, and this is another edition of Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsession. You bet. And our guest today is Marissa Scheinfeld, and her new book is The Borscht Belt, Revisiting the Remains of America's Jewish Vacation Land. Colossal Obsession. It's a wonderful book. Welcome, Marissa. Thank you for having me. Yes, we were just talking about how you found us. Somebody wrote to you. Somebody said... Somebody wrote to me on Twitter and mm-hmm. said, hey, you should reach out to the amazing Colossal Podcast, which is now Obsession. Well, there's a... There's a oh, there's the short <laughs> version. This is Got the it. shorter show. This is our Got obsessions. It. And yeah, our, our so, obsession today is the Catskills. Well, my obsession for five or six years has been the Catskills. So now, we have something in the common. The Catskills, I, I always thought, um, uh, came about because it was not uncommon in this country to see a sign on the front door that said, no Jews allowed. It's very true and and very sad. Um, Jews were banned in this country from not only hotels, but employment, social club membership. Um, And I talk about it in the book in the 1920s. Um, And that was a big reason for the creation of the Borscht Belt, this desire to have a vacation like Americans, all these immigrants coming into the country at that time and not be persecuted and enjoy and because the Borscht Belt was so close to where we're sitting in New York City, it developed very easily into a destination for Jews. So it it kind of like, well, like on the West Coast, uh, the Jews weren't allowed into like country mm-hmm. clubs. Yeah, sure. And so um, uh, Hillcrest came about as a place that Jews in show business could go and hang out. Yeah, I mean, it was and is an unfortunate reason, but I think what it did was it created this mecca for Jews and this place that has so much history, not only in the Jewish experience, but how the Borscht Belt crossed over into the American popular culture and into media and, of course, into Hollywood. So its impact um, is huge. I mean, I meet people from all over the country that went there, worked there, met there, fell in love there, like Mm -hmm. crazy stories um, all the time. And it never kind of ceases to amaze me how many people are connected with it. Um, And then people that know nothing about it, you have to just 
say, a movie or a name of a comedian, and then it's like, boom, sure. get it. So out of this dark moment in American history, out of the anti-Semitism of the 20s, this wonderful thing happens. Yeah. This, this not only, as you say, it's not only just the, the resorts and the, and the, and the destination, and, but it becomes, it becomes part of the American experience. It becomes the place to be for the time that it reigned supreme, which was really for about 50 years, 1920. Historians say it kind of tanked in the 60s and 70s. And I grew up there. So the book is really, um, you know, an investigation about the land that I'm from. This but it's also... Kayamisha Lake? Is that where you're Kayamisha from? Kayamisha Lake is where um, we lived when we first moved up there from uh-huh. Brooklyn in 86. Okay. And my parents live in a little town called Rock Hill today, all really near Monticello which is kind of like the big name where the Concord was and Kutcher's and Grossinger's is just up the way. So all those big name hotels. And you were like, go go ahead, Gil. Now, now someone who we've had on this show, uh, Al Jaffe. Yeah. uh, He he said he compared all the years of the peak of the Catskills like the Shtetls. He did. You know, Al... I've gotten the wonderful opportunity to hang out with him twice. Isn't he the best? Amazing, wonderful man. Um, I photographed him twice, and he actually wrote a little blurb in the book because he um, used to go there, and he always had told me it felt like a shtetl in Lithuania. And he told me um, he lived with his brother and his uncle in a little rental, and they would go to all the hotels, and they were like delivery boys, I think, you know. And um, he has great memories of it. But you know, very early on when it was really building. Grossinger's was like a farmhouse at that point, I think. And can you tell our audience the definition of a tumbler? A tumbler is kind of like an MC, like the person that just gets you going, right? Yeah. Like the the DJ. Was it a little bit of a social director? Definitely. Yeah. I think it was. I think you have to be able to work the crowd, schmooze, get people on the dance floor, get people to play bingo, all like the kitschy activities that happened. Um, You know, I don't remember that. You know, when I was a kid, I remember getting dropped off at Kutcher's or the Concord on the weekend. My grandpa was a huge card shark, and that's how we got access. Um, my grandparents met up there. My grandmother was hitchhiking. And um, later on in time, when I came around and we moved up there, I just had it was they were these fortresses of fun where I just remember I'd get dropped off and I would go swimming or I'd play shuffleboard. And, mm-hmm. and it was just fun. And, and I think that's what the word Borscht Belt um, encapsulates for so many people that lived it. You were a lifeguard. I was a lifeguard when I was 16. It was one of my first jobs at the Concord right before it closed. Wow. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I was talking about it the other day. I don't really remember anyone ever in the pool. I think we were all just kind of like joking off, but um, yeah. I remember, I I think Jackie Mason said he was hired at the Catskills as a cook, but he couldn't cook, so they made him a lifeguard. Is that true? Really? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> wow, I never heard. I think our friend Bill Persky was a lifeguard at Grossinger's. Do you know Bill Persky? I don't. We'll we'll connect you to him. Awesome. He was an original writer on the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay. And he was, I hope I'm not misspeaking. He, I don't, I don't think he was a tumbler, but he had, he had work in the summer at Grossinger's. So we'll connect you guys for sure. In the heyday, how many hotels? Over over 500. Over 500 and over 50,000 bungalows. Can you imagine? Was it 538 was the number I found in your book? 538, that's what the Times says. 538 hotels. Not all year round, but most of them were year round. Incredible. 
See, this is what thousands what, of resorts. What gets me about? I mean, there's a a bunch of theories in the book that uh, some even say air conditioning. Oh yeah, they love to say that when air conditioning was common to most people, they didn't have to escape to the country. Uh, and then TV, they had entertainment at home. But I, I don't know. To me, in theory at least, the Catskill seems like, well, you know, you get a chance. It's not that far away. You drive up there. You're in a nice hotel. You're in the country. You get all the food you could ask for and entertainment and activities. And so I never quite understood why that alone couldn't be something to get people still going. I think at the time when the hotels were on their decline, there were so many other things going on in the world. You have the boom of the airline industry, yeah. where now you can get on a plane and fly to Paris or fly to, you know, the Caribbean. It was no longer just, I mean, airplanes used to be for rich people. Yeah, and all of a sudden airplanes were for everyone. You know, the cruise industry, where you can get on a, a ship and see five countries in five days. People like to say it was the growth of the suburbs, where now you're not really, like, schlepping up to the country, and you have a little lawn, and you don't need to necessarily be in the hot city. There's so many reasons. If you think about the decline in 65, 70, what was going on? You know, you have a war, you have like a women's rights movement, civil rights movement. Um, And there was also a huge thing that happened in 65. Historically, the Anti-Discrimination Act was signed, which no longer banned people, Jews, blacks, from going to other establishments. So now Jews that were once banned from going to a hotel and, you know, Pennsylvania or wherever, we're now able to go to any place that they ever wanted to go. So, you know, it's kind of sad because I feel like the demise of the Borscht Belt was because of the Jews. But well, there's that great line in the in the book where is it? I'm I'm going to get her name wrong. Is it uh, Jenna Weissman or her last name? Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Was she saying that that when she talks to Jews about the passing of the of the Borscht Belt, that they lament its passing? They they never miss an opportunity to mm-hmm. lament its passing, but they they own the responsibility. Yeah. They have to take the responsibility for the fact that it went away. A hundred percent. You know, I've talked about the book probably 50, 60 stops all over the country, and and there's a lot of kvetching with the Jewish crowd. Um, When they look at my photographs, I think it's so easy to say like, oh, it's so sad what happened. Um, But then you have to look at at the course of time and history and why people left. And the Catskills just wasn't cool anymore. You know, it it, it fell out of vogue. They didn't keep up. They had the same acts, the same architecture, the same food. It was like, you know, my dad, I remember he told me in 69 after he went to Woodstock, he didn't want to go up there every summer. It was boring. You know, I remember same people. I yeah. I worked the Catskills once. Where did you work? I uh, in the Nepali. Oh, interesting. And I and as far as like not keeping up with the times, there was like I remember I was sitting in the the dining area for breakfast or or whatever, and and there was a family at one table. And the little kid was eating whatever, like maybe a hamburger. And and he had a glass of milk, and that's in by Jewish law. You don't mix dairy and uh, and meat. And and this rabbi ran over to the table, pulled the milk away from the little boy, and started screaming at the family. And I thought, 
when you're trying to get people in, you know, yeah, it's not get a, way. a little loose on yeah. some of these laws. I think, you know, there was a variety of hotels, not only price point, but level of religious observance where you can go to totally kosher or like kosher style or places that weren't at all. I mean, there were hotels that had sort of like different themes. And I mean, there was a hotel for cross-dressers in the Catskills. There was there was a lot of different pockets of, Interesting. of kind of flavor going on in the Borscht Belt. And, um, you know, I think that, unfortunately, you know, its demise is, you know, the book in a lot of ways, it's kind of a sad poetic statement, but it's an elegy, you know, to its passing. But it's also in the same sentence, a celebration of how of how great it was. There's uh, sometimes looking at the after photos, the before and afters. Yeah. Yeah. It it kind of reminds me. Of watching Titanic. Yes, that's you know, I had the same thought. Beautiful ships, and then they show the actual footage where it's like rotted. Well, you see the the beautiful or chandelier, and then you see these things on the bottom of the ocean, and it's similar. It is. It it the book has a sense of apocalypse. There's a lot of themes going on, but that feeling that the world just ended and people just departed is is definitely flowing through it. And what you're talking about is called re-photography. It's the process of taking an old postcard or an old image and going back to the same place and remaking that same image just like the photographer did. So they're essentially a now and then. And that's how I started the project. It was very like, this is it in 1965 and this is it in 2012. But quickly, I started to see a different story that was outside of that box. And that's how the, the whole series developed. So um, it has a little bit of both in the book. When you see that pool, it's the pool at the Laurels Hotel. Yeah. And there's nothing left standing and, but, and the, pool, but the, the pool, pool itself. Mm-hmm. The structure's gone. The, yeah, it's like the, you know, the concrete's opening and grass is growing through the it's, pool. It's, 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 it's hard to look at, and, and yet it's beautiful in a way. And and what what struck me in one part of the book, a little while ago, I got asked to go on uh, Turner Classic Movies with Bob Osborne, and and one of the movies I picked to show was Burt Lancaster in The Swimmer, and about a guy who's, you know, swimming from pool to pool. He's swimming his way home. And in the book, it says that John Cheever, who wrote the original story, uh, got his idea from looking at what had happened to the Catskills. That's really interesting. You know, because there was over, what, 538 hotels, Mm -hmm. you have a ton of pools. I could have probably done a book just on pools because they're the hardest thing to unearth. They physically have to go in there and dig them up as opposed to a building where you can just level. Or over time, it just kind of comes apart and crumbles and, you know, whether it's Mother Nature or people ripping it apart for for value. Um, So there's a lot of activity going on. Because I I never read the book, but in the movie, it's he goes from pool to pool, swimming an imaginary river of swimming pools, and it's each time it's a different layer coming off where, you know, the American dream is not what it's supposed to be, and they said he got the idea looking particularly at the pools. That's fascinating. At the Catskills. You're going to have to look that once up. Once beautiful yeah. pools, and now they're... We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now back to the show. The other one that's disturbing is the skating rink at the Pines. Oh my, yes. And you just, yeah, there are, what, what works for our listeners will be clearer that there are before and after pictures in, in Marissa's book. And she found, you found original photographs and then you shot the version of it today. Yeah, so the and Pines, it was an ice skating yeah. rink, and then I went back and photographed it. Now, actually, that building is totally gone. So it, it, it puts the book in a new weird place because that structure that was once a skeletal version mm-hmm. of the ice skating rink is demolished. Yeah. So there's a, a sense of time passing, and, and like I always felt up against the clock with this book because whenever I went back, and I went to each hotel dozens and dozens of times, something always was changed whether something grew, whether there was a tree coming through or something cracked or the ceiling caved in, there was always this this layer, like you kind of said, that was peeling back where you'd see the root, which was the borscht belt, and the hotel itself. But what had happened and what was going on in the present and then what you think might even be happening in the future. You know, there were birds living in there and lots of different, um, you know, I found remnants of people living there and there were people going in there besides me. You know, these are almost like free-for-all zones for, like, squatters and people that scrap metal. Were you and... fearful going in to take the pictures? Did you, t- um, did you take security with you of yeah, some kind? I, I learned really quickly that I couldn't do this project by myself I see. for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always brought a friend um, so I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, you're in Grossinger's and there's eight buildings and you're in one of them and right. no one's there. But is there someone there? The, the stairways to nowhere, the abandoned lobbies, I mean, the empty card rooms, you just, it's like Chernobyl. It's, yeah. it, it is post-apocalyptic. I, I was thinking, as similar to you, I was thinking of like like Dresden. That's what it looks like. the fire bombings. Yeah, I looked at a big book um, by uh, Robert Polidari. He did a whole series on Chernobyl. Um, when I was doing the work, there was a lot of influence by, you know, previous photographers that had gone into Detroit and places where there is this feeling of, of just abandonment. Um, so the book really is like, it's haunting and it's kind of eerie, but... Um, Very much so. It also has a lot of life going on. And I, and I, you know, I want people to see that, the growth and the change. And even though it's very bittersweet, um, there's a lot of transition happening um, mm-hmm. in the book and also in the Catskills today. And tell the audience that the uh, major stars that pass through Yeah, um, I think what, like some of the biggest are like Mel Brooks. Um, I remember as a kid seeing billboards for Jerry Seinfeld, and that was like way before his show. Um, Joan Rivers, Jackie Mason, um, Rodney Dangerfield. On Rodney Dangerfield's, in his archive, I've seen uh, notes. They're called like mountain jokes. And this was when he was like Jack Jack Roy. Oh, yes. This was like before. And supposedly he got like either laughed off. Something happened where an act in the Catskills caused him to quit comedy for a period of time where he was like a door-to-door salesman. He was an aluminum siding aluminum salesman. Siding salesman. Yeah, we covered yes. it on the he show. Was yeah. some he was a tin man. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so many names, like Henny Youngman. I mean, Buddy Hackett uh, went Sid through there, Caesar, Jack Carter. Buddy, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can go on and on Lenny and on Bruce and too. on. I mean, 
Like it's I, it's I endless. I remember growing up when I was a kid, it seemed like every other billboard in the country had a picture of Jerry Lewis with the words, Browns is my favorite resort. Yeah, we didn't even mention Jerry Lewis. I have a paperweight. Uh, also in the book, besides the photographs and, and like the now and then, there's a lot of kitsch and ephemera because the Borscht Belt produced that. Yeah, Whether it was menus or like little photo viewers where you go get your picture taken and they're like little keychains. Ashtrays. Um, ashtrays, soap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, match, there's a books. lot of really cool things, and and those are laid out within the essays of the book. So um, it puts what, you there. What yeah. it really does me is, and I I never really knew what these were called, but boy, when I saw them in the book, that brought back my childhood. Those things you'd yeah you'd look into this plastic thing and it would magnify a picture at the end. You know, someone once told me the name for it, but I think it was a name that her family called them. I just call them like photo viewers, a but viewer. it's not a good I'm enough not sure name. There is another name. Yeah, for, for that. We'll, but, we'll, and there would always be a keychain attached. A keychain. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's funny you mentioned the comics because too one of the things that that they in your book that that says that brought about the demise is that comedy changed that this kind of burlesque style of stand-up comedy was going away oh yeah so that was it too i mean that was another thing that kind of dated the place definitely and and a lot of the comedians that kind of practiced their first jokes there now graduated to television into movies so they left Right. You know? Right, right, so right. So everything kind of changed. I mean, like in the book I write, um, you know, when I sat down to really like, think about what what am I doing? What am I photographing? And, and what is it about? Um, there's this one sentence that I, I made my editor keep in because it really felt true. And I write, I grew up in the mountains or as others called it, the country, as if no other mountain or country existed any place else on earth. And I, and I really do feel like for like a specific time and a specific group of people, it is so true because like it was the place to go. And, um, you know, people light up when they talk about it, if they've been through it. I can it. imagine how many people started families because they met oh, there oh, yes. over the summer. They fell in love or, you yeah, know, I mean, or my they grandparents started a family met there. there. My grandmother was hitchhiking. My, um, my husband's parents went there on their honeymoon. I mean, it just it doesn't stop the stories, you know. I I also remember a story that uh, there was a Martin and Lewis movie that was going to be opening, and Jerry Lewis wanted it to premiere at Brown's. And, of course, Dean Martin got totally pissed off, and he said if they have the premiere there, he's not showing up. Interesting. Yeah. And the only pl- the only one you ever visited was was the Nevely. You I didn't you didn't even go to the other so. ones as a as a I, as a no, vacationer. No, never never went uh, to any of them at, to be at the resort. What was your performing experience like at the Nevely? Uh, <laughs> the band like. Okay, that's <laughs> where did the Nevely get its name? It's interesting. It's eleven backwards, and right. I think the story goes Wasn't that it was it nuns. Uh, I don't eleven I, nuns or something. Eleven I visitors. I think it was the eleven founders or eleven partners. founders. Okay. Um, there's a lot of like tall tales about it, but um, but that iconic building is still there. That circular white building and um, the showroom that you performed in is yeah. in the book. Yeah, which Marissa is pretty opened cool. the book and showed Gilbert the sh- what's left of the Nevely showroom, oh, and it's yeah. it's spooky. I because it's like the owners thought I was funny at the Nevely <laughs> and the band. <laughs> And that, and I remember after I played the Neverly, and it was 
you know, if you just went by the audience reaction, horrible. And um, I, I, somebody told me they were riding on a subway train and they heard some old Jewish woman talking about uh, being at the Nevely and saying that some guy up on stage, he's screaming and squinting and 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 he <laughs> he leaned into this old Jewish woman. He goes, I'm sorry, I couldn't help but overhear. He goes, this comedian you were watching at the Nevely, was his name Gilbert Gottfried? And the old Jewish woman looks up and she goes, yeah, terrible. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> what were the big rooms? Was Grossinger, Grossinger's and the Concord and Kutcher's are maybe the and Browns yeah, are maybe the four are, that I know like, about. Those growing are the up. big ones. Those yeah, are the big, those, those are, are what they call the, like the Fortress Hotels, which is the model of that all-inclusive today, where you go to a hotel and you don't have to leave. Like you fly to Jamaica and you stay in a hotel. Everything's and, there, and you don't go. And and that also contributed to the demise because now you didn't have to leave. You know, Grossinger's had its own post office, its own airport. I mean, it, it had everything, indoor, outdoor, skating ring. It was. Yeah. It was a mini city. Yeah, Grossinger's, the Browns, but then there was the Pines, the Laurels, which is in the book. Right. Then there's smaller ones that maybe, you know, like Perlin's, Little Bungalow Colonies, Esther Manor. Um, there's the bowling alley. That, the bowling the alley is at the Homowack, the yeah. Tamarack. You heard, had you heard oh, of yes. all these places? Yeah, yeah the I've book has about 40, 40 I, sites I in it. I never attended them with my family. Why is that? Yeah. I don't Your family know. didn't vacation. Yeah, or or we were like those kind of um uh like those Jews but not Jews. Kind of. <laughs> we we I I always felt like with me I'm I'm a Jew in that I know if the Nazis were to come back <laughs> you like I'd be on that. the train with everybody else. Like I don't know the holidays, I don't know everything, but so your, and, your parents were not, uh, they were not Catskills people. Uh, no, yeah. not Catskills people. Yeah, yeah, you know, not everyone was. I mean, it's, it's a big part of like where I grew up. So I think that, you know, that just kind of like fall, falls where it is. And that's why I did the book, because I, I was interested in where I grew up, why it looked like the way it did, and why all these structures were just lying there, like untouched, why wasn't anyone doing anything about it. Um, and it's a lot of different political, social reasons for the reasons why 40 or 50 different properties are just sitting there. But a lot of the sites in the book are totally gone, meaning that there's not even, you know, a, a decrepit lobby there. They're paving it and there's a condo there now. Some of them or, were repurposed, Jewish community centers, things of that nature. Yeah, a lot of them repurposed. Yoga, yeah, yoga there's centers. meditation centers and ashrams and yoga centers. A lot of them, um, some of them are rehabilitation centers, um, drug rehab. Some of them are, are kind of like uh, assisted living. Right. I think Ed Koch had a plan to, in, in, the, in, the, in the late 70s or the early 80s to make homeless housing. Oh, really? Among, among some of the hotels huh. that was voted down by the locals. Huh. But and so you're saying some of them just the, the, everything's gone. Um, in the is, in the book, there are certain sites like the Palms, which yeah. is called like Zigers and El Dorado. It had multiple names. I drove by that, totally gone. No and markers, no nothing. No, there there is no museum marker where you drive on Route 42 and it says here lie here once were 40 hotels up wow. and down in the name. So you know, I think that I feel like photography itself is an act of preservation. And you make a photograph, and and it's there, and it's that moment in time. So in some way, the book is 
the preservation of the hotels and of the Borscht Belt, even if people, frankly, are disgusted with the way that it looks, you know. And and was at one point they also wanted to make it like a a big health resort. They are. Kutcher's is going to be a big health resort. Wow. Um, the Brickman is has long been a, a yoga center. The site of the Concord and a, a bungalow colony next door called Breezy Corners was knocked down, and that's where they're building the the new casino that is set to open next year. Um, so there's a lot of turnover and change happening, little towns that are kind of springing back up. Um, you know, the book makes it seem like nothing is going on up there, but there's there's a lot, and it's really close to New York, and I think that's why it will see a second life. Um, it'll never be what it was because you can't re- recreate that, but I think that it will see a turnover, and it already is. It's interesting. It's born out of anti-Semitism. It's where, where Jews go to to be with their own. And then as Jews begin to assimilate, as life gets better for them, yeah. this paradise is no longer needed. Yeah. goes yeah, away. It's, I mean, it's, it's a, no it's longer a wanted. sad yeah. path. It's really. very tragic, you know. And, and like the cover of the book is really like it's a lawn chair in an indoor pool with grass growing through the carpet, through the floors. And it's really like a paradise lost um, to me. Very much so. Now, here's a very weird question. When you were there, did you, did you have any moments where you just kind of— this is what I would do, is kind of close close your eyes and just try to imagine. All the time. Hear the children, hear the splashing, hear All the, the time. get a sense yeah. of what happened, what was Hearing there. the band playing. The band yeah. or, or an audience yeah. being warmed up by a tumbler. I rem- you know, I, I tried to proceed with like a lot of intellect, like this is my mission, I'm going to this hotel that day and I'm going to photograph this and I'm going to go back and this is not where I should go. But when I like walk, for example, I remember stepping foot out into the clearing where Grossinger's outdoor pool is and you it's an Olympic sized pool and the cabana is still there. And I remember being there with my friend and we were like, damn, like imagine what this was like. And I felt like we both tried to feel the energy. Yeah. Because that's what I, was asking. I I am a person that I pick up on a lot of energy. And there would be these weird happenstance moments where I'd, you know, get there and like a huge breeze would blow by and and I would just feel like, you know, there was a there's a presence there. Like something happened there and it was great and it was fun. Yes. So these places aren't haunted. They're not it's not like going to an asylum or or a hospital where there might be weird energy. Like there was this this quiet but really interesting energy happening. And um you know you you walk into to a room where there's a huge stage and it's empty, you know, and um, oh, interesting. It's, it's it's cool. <laughs> and all of the performers, all, all Jewish performers, it, it's funny that years later there would be comedians named David Steinberg and Robert Klein, but not yeah. then. Yeah, and Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. but not then. But not then. Yeah, it, because of the anti-Semitism, because of the it shunning. It was red buttons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Buddy Hackett. Yeah, and, red and shaky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Jack Carter. Oh yeah. Had all these anglicized names. Yeah, like Jack Carter. I can't even pronounce his. Right. Real did name. you you reached out to Mel Brooks's people? Did did you uh, have you talked to Freddie Roman? Freddie Roman. Yeah, Freddie. Freddie's um, in that wonderful movie. Yeah, Sweet he Lorraine, he wrote something Catskills. for the book. Um, his quote is really is really great. It's like something like um, 
like these <laughs> these photographs are terrible. Um, you know, at the same time, while they like um, evoke memory, like my heart aches, but they're you know, it's it, it's it's very like mixed bag. His quote, it's mm-hmm. it's it shows he the bittersweetness it. of it. Um, he lived it. Yeah, Mel Brooks gave me a, a, a great quote for it. Um, the book has quotes from you know a photographer, Lori Simmons. Um, it has Mark Klett, who was, did a big reef photography now and then that I got inspired by his work. It has authors who have written. We talked about Al Jaffe. He wrote yeah. something in it. Historians, um, Sullivan County historian, John Conway. It's got a lot of it's got a mix of academia, entertainment and then art. It's a photo book, but it's also a history book. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's engrossing. Thank you. And, and it's getting back to what we were talking about before, about how, you know, they did it themselves, you know, tearing down the Catskills. Right. And it's well, it like, became uncool. Up up until then, the whole idea, like of a group of Jews, it would be like outside forces pushing them out. And here they were in charge of it all and just got tired of it. Yeah, I and Jenna Weissman Jocelyn, who writes such a great, like witty, but also very um elegant essay in the book she writes something along the lines of like jews left the catskills on their own volition like no external forces forced them and pushed them to leave you know it was those forces that pushed them there but then you know there's they just left on their own accord like it's like they grew up there but they never went back home in a way it's beautiful. It's sad at the same time. I just took a, I took a train ride up to see my, my father-in-law for Father's Day, and I, was, I, I couldn't put the book down. I was reading it on the train. I just kept looking, and certain pictures just draw you into them. Yeah, cer- certain ones pull. Yeah. Really pull you into it. And I mean, if you care about, as we do on this show, history and spe- specifically show business history, you have to get this book. And I kept thinking of Titanic. Me too. Yeah. I kept thinking of Chernobyl and, and, and some, of those, uh, some of those abandoned cities. It's uh, Dresden, as you said. Yeah. But it's, um, it, you could look at it as, as, a, as, as you said, an elegy or, or, or a celebration. Yeah. And, of and what I it think was. for those that went, it definitely pulls on the heartstrings, you know, but it's not a nostalgic book. This is like a, a raw, real, contemporary look at the Borschbelt and in a way that maybe people that lived it don't want to see it. But for me, it was all about looking at it from a different angle and looking at the eyesores that are now there, almost like these creatures of failure, and and transforming them with my camera and looking at them in a different light. Well, our listeners will will spark to this book. They'll love it. It's it's right up the alley of this show. And what you, what else are you doing? You, you said you had some other photo books in the works. No, oh, I'm tinkering Anything away with thoughts about? of a new project. Yeah, I'm really interested in the land. Okay. I'm interested in history. That's been a long string running through my work. There's always been a Jewish component to projects I've done before this, but this is my first like actual book. Um, I'm really looking at kind of like folklore and urban legends, and but uh, I don't know where okay. it's going. It's like there's always a process of creation, and I think stuck is one of them. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I was very stuck to before that. I started this project. And, and some advice was how I started it. And the person said to me, shoot what you know. Right. When you don't know what to do, shoot what you know. It's like applicable to writers or comedians or musicians, anyone. Like go to the source of where you're, who you are, where you're from. Well, the and, book's also personal because you lived it. It's, it's, in, yeah. your, it's in your genes. It's, yeah. it's in your blood. And so yeah. 
Where can they get it? Sure. Oh, wherever yeah. books are sold, Amazon. Well, yeah, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, but indie bookstores have it. Local bookstores, borstbeltbook.com is the website. You can order it there. And I've been speaking about it. I'm really grateful to be speaking about it since it came out last October. And I have dates set through the end of the year. So there's a okay. whole Okay, we're going to hook there. you up with two people, Bill Persky and my neighbor, who after I knew her for three years, and we exchanged pleasantries in the hall, and I knew nothing about her at all, one day, uh, let's slip casually that uh, her father was the, the, the CPA, the uh, the accountant, the staff accountant at Grossinger's, and that she dated Buddy Hackett. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I've known this woman for three years, passed her in the hallway, had long, lengthy conversations with her, and one day I find out that she dated Buddy Hackett and her that's husband awesome. dated Ann Bancroft. Oh, wow. my God. Which is a story for another show. But the book is wonderful, okay, Marissa. Congratulations. Uh, Marissa Scheinfeld. I, that's an anglicized name. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's she, as she, Jewy as you can get. She yes. want to get Marissa Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were like Jerry Lewis was Joseph Levitch. And Aaron Schwatt, Red Buttons. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes. And um, I think uh, Mel Brooks was Melvin Kaminsky. Melvin Kaminsky. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think Danny Kaye was Danny Kaminsky. That's correct. Yeah. And Jacob Kabelski. Oh, that's right. Jack Benny. Uh, the, 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 the book is called The Borscht Belt, Revisiting the Remains of America's Jewish Vacation Land. Thanks, Marissa. Thanks Thank for you. finding us. Thank you for um, accepting me. The book's wonderful. <laughs> and this Appreciate has it. been Gilbert and Frank's Amazing Colossal Obsessions. Sorry you bombed at the Neville. <laughs> <laughs>